Hi, and welcome to the Gallows Humor Podcast. I'm your host, J.J. Elliott. If you're new to this podcast, thank you very much for joining us. I'm sorry you missed the free bags of money giveaway. If you've been here before, please don't tell anybody we didn't really give away free bags of money, okay? Uh, I'm trying to build the readership, uh, the, and, and we're almost there. And by the way, uh, number of subscribers to our show right now is at 94. And that's really good because I tell you, I don't have 100 friends. So somebody is listening to our show, which is really, really good. Let's keep it up. And then who knows? This uh, may actually turn out to be a money-making venture. Anyway, um, uh, I'm sorry about the late delay for the show. We should have done this last week. But uh, to be honest, uh, I uh, bought myself a lottery ticket uh, thinking I was going to win the $1.5 billion, even though the odds were one out of 200 million of winning. Well, what the heck, right? It was $1.5 billion. I mean, think about what you could do with that money, right? And I thought about it, and I realized uh, I have a too much of a blue-collar mentality. I, I don't have any big plans. You know, what would I do with it? You know, except maybe uh, you know, buy a small country or something. Um, but but I tell you what, I wouldn't do with it. I wouldn't spend the money to go see the Titanic, right? Uh, ugh, that didn't work out. And and I know the big thing is to shoot yourself off into space. I probably wouldn't do that just yet, anyway. Although. I always had dreams of being an astronaut, but uh, that's not quite how I want to do it. Uh, probably like everybody else, I'd probably just help out some family and friends. And uh, uh, definitely I would hire an ad team to get better visibility for my books. Um, I'd help out my uh, uh, my artist friend who, who does the covers for my story. Uh, you know, he works really hard. I, I'd make sure that he had uh, the funds to keep, keep his business going. And then I would... Um, Probably just get a nicer studio for Hank, right? A good recording studio. What do you think about that, buddy? That's right. Hank agrees with that. Anyway, a uh, quick recap um, about J.J. Elliott. Um, he is a writer of fiction who writes a lot of truths in his story. And J.J.'s been writing stories for quite a while. And he shares his home with his only companion, the world's smartest cat, Artie. If you're lucky, you'll hear Artie wander in and say hi because he's very vocal. Uh, I had to start actually this intro twice because Artie was sitting on the damn keyboard. And so uh, it, it made it really hard to uh, run this program uh, while talking and the cat laying all over my laptop. Uh, this really is a one-man operation, except for Hank. Yes, I know, I know, I know. He, he wants to be paid. But anyway, uh, uh, JJ gets his ideas from his alter ego, Jim Ellen. And Jim is the guy who actually has to experience life with all its ups and downs. He's the one who has got to pay the bills and do the shopping. And JJ gets to uh, live rent-free in his head. And he just looks, looks at all the experiences uh, Jim has. And JJ goes, this will be a great story. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry that you, uh, you feel horrible. But it's going to be a great story. In any case, uh, you'll hear uh, JJ, who is more upbeat and uh, enthusiastic, while Jim... Um, well, he's a little more glum and analytical and is a bit more of a slow talker. And you'll be able to tell who's, um, who's speaking the time. And anyway, I don't worry. Don't worry too much about it. It's not that complicated. Just uh, sit back and I'll do all the heavy lifting. If you want to share your opinions about this show, you can contact me through Facebook at JJ Elliott Author. That's all one word. Also on Twitter and Instagram, same thing, JJ Elliott Author. And uh, I keep saying I'm going to do it on threads. I haven't actually done it. And Twitter isn't really Twitter anymore. It's now X or whatever it's being called. Anyway, um, 
if you want to buy my books, and please, I want you to buy my books, you can find it uh, on J.J. Elliott's books on Amazon. Just type in his name in the search bar, and that should pull it up. There's four books in there now. Uh, uh, the first one, which is a novel, uh, The Wraths of Heaven, that's a, it's a really good horror story, if I don't say so myself. And the book we're currently talking about now, which is Gallows Humor, is a collection of short stories where each story takes place on a certain holiday. Uh, and then there's two graphic novels out, Rush, um, and the sequel to it, more or less, uh, called The Return of the Tiger Man. Uh, and he's working on other ones uh, um, um, for that series as well. Anyway, in the last few weeks, I've had a break about talking about the, the stories in Gallows Humor, and I've had some guests on the show, and Comic-Con came and went, and we talked about that as well. And, you know, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun having guests on, and, and, I, and we're going to do it again. Um, you know, obviously, uh, my friends, uh, um, uh, Remy and Marie, because uh, they are looking forward to doing a, a drunk show. And uh, uh, my daughter, Lizzie, uh, also wants to come back on. And, and I plan to have more guests as well, uh, you know, because it does, I think, adds a different uh, uh, level of energy to the show. Uh, and, and it's fun. I tell you, I have a great time doing it. And the shows, when I have guests on, man, we go a lot longer. And even though, um, you know, the, I cut down the show, uh, I think with um, uh, Remy and Marie, we, we cut that show down to about a, about an hour in length. I'll tell you, though, we were... Uh, we kept going well after the uh, uh, the, the show uh, ended, and it was a lot, a lot of fun. These guys are, 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 are a great company. Anyway, um, but we're going to discuss the stories in Gallows Humor, and this week uh, we're talking about uh, the Memorial Day story, Hung Jury. All right? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read you the, the first page or so of the story, and, and we'll discuss it a little bit. Let me find that here. Uh, here we go. The trip was taking longer than, than promised, and Aaron Lassiter had run out of small talk. The radio was on low, and Terry did not seem interested in talking anyway. She looked out her window and stared at the endless miles of gray-white surf crashing against the sand. The world seemed empty. The sky was painted the same cold color as the ocean, and even the shore looked drab and humorless. A light drizzle fell, but on the horizon, the dark clouds slowly gathered. Something bigger was coming. You know, this is mostly your fault, Terry said, breaking the silence. If you hadn't washed the car yesterday, it wouldn't be raining now. Well, you know, uh, if you had washed your car once in a while, I wouldn't have to. Ah, honey, you know me. I'm not much one for housework. Shoot, if I could eat off paper plates every day, I would. Aaron sighed. Yeah, and despite your many, many flaws... I decided I'm going to marry you anyway. Hope you aren't expecting me to do all the cooking and cleaning after we're married. Not to worry. I got that covered, Terry grinned. Aaron never resists that bad boy smile of his. I would love to hear your plan. It's really quite simple. The housework will be left to the housekeeping staff. Uh-huh, a housekeeping staff. Well, Mr. Montgomery, if that's plan A, I suggest you start working on plan B. Terry's grin never left his face. You'll see. You'll see. Before, <laughs> uh, before Aaron could respond, Terry reached for the volume control on the radio and turned it up. This will be a good night to curl up next to a fire with a loved one, the DJ announced. There's a doozy of a storm headed our way. That's right, Phil. The National Weather Service is predicting severe thunderstorms to hit our area tonight. 
Yeah, but for one guy, the real light show won't start until tomorrow morning. <laughs> you got that right, Phil. Barring an unexpected last-minute repeat for the governor, convicted murderer Ken Bork will be strapped into the high-voltage Lazy Boy, and at 12.01 a.m., he'll do the electric shimmy. Oh, we should save the taxpayers some money and just tie a lightning rod to him. <laughs> I can't believe they just said that, Aaron commented as she switched the radio off. Why not? If any man deserves to die, it's Bork. Maybe, but they have to take such glee in it. All right, that's about the first page or so of the story. Um, I'd like to tell you more about this, but I can tell you this, that the hung jury is a straight-up locked room murder mystery. Uh, and that means that the murderer uh, that occurred, uh, the murder that's going to occur, I gave a little bit away here, happens in a location that's sealed away from the rest of the world. No one can sneak in and no one can sneak out. So the people who, who, what, who are going to be introduced later in the story, one of them must be the killer. And I wrote this uh, story originally uh, for a murder mystery competition some years back. I want to say it's about probably 15 years ago. Uh, and I didn't win it, which is all right. I mean, you know, who, you know, we have to win everything, do we? And, and I did read the winning story uh, that the magazine had. And truth be told, I like mine a lot better. I really did. Um, anyway, so I like the idea of um, of a locked room mystery as opposed to just a murder where you know anyone could have done it, and and I wanted to have the crime solved before the police got involved, right? Because the last thing I wanted to do was write a police procedural. So I had to set this uh, this episode up uh, in a place where uh, it'd be a little while for the police to get there, and maybe the people who are involved kind of serve uh, solve the issues uh, or the murder beforehand. I also want to write a mystery where the reader might see some of the clues that were presented and see if they could guess what happened and why. So this is how I came with the character, Aaron, you know, who we just introduced. I needed an outsider to have a way to introduce everyone else in the story and ask questions about their past. So the story is told from her point of view. And originally, I thought of writing the story in the first person, you know, the first person is you know, the first person story is one where the person says, you know, I saw this and I did that and I did this. So it's. It's told from the writer's uh, point of view. Um, but I, I um, but while I write a good female character, at least I think I write a good female character, I didn't want to be so bold as to write it with a woman's voice because, um, you know, it, it, does, it wouldn't seem authentic. So the best I could do is probably just write it from her point of view and not necessarily her voice. Uh, so the girl, Erin, uh, the girl, Erin, was the girlfriend of the guy, Terry. And I didn't think twice about it, but someone pointed out that when they read this story to their husband, uh, in the beginning, they weren't sure if Terry and Aaron were two guys, two girls, or a guy and a girl. You know, I, it wasn't it wasn't intentional uh, from the names. I, I guess they, they could be, uh, you know, uh, they, they could be uh, construed that way. But um, I hope you eventually uh, solve that mystery as well. Um, although, like I said, I don't really have any interest in writing a police procedural someday, I would like to put out a private and get investigator story, right? Um, but uh, I'll talk about that in just a bit. See, my mother introduced me to Agatha Christie. Um, I think it was the movie, and then there was none, right? And that's one of the classic of locked room mysteries, as well as um, Murder in the Orient Express. Uh, my mom and I are, are big fans of, I want to say older movies, but when she saw them, they weren't old. They, were, they just came out. Um, but it was uh, those movies that I saw first and then learned, oh, by the way, there's a book. And um, 
And uh, although the movie does uh, justice to the Agatha Christie story, the, as they always say, the book is so much better. Um, but uh, but those are the stories. I did enjoy that. But for me, the, the real big stories I like talking about murder mysteries um, was the going back to private investigators was the Maltese Falcon. Right. And then later um, the Thin Man. And it was uh, years later after I watched those movies uh, that I found that they originally were books written and written by the same author, uh, Dashiell Hammett. Uh, and it was just kind of funny because the, uh, the main character in the Maltese Falcon, um, Sam Spade, and the main character in The Thin Man, which is um, Nick Charles, um, they couldn't be any different as far as characters go. Um, but they had the same kind of a you know, bring everybody at the uh, the same kind of uh, uh, solving the mystery, which is bring everybody together uh, for Nick Charles is bring everybody and have a big dinner party and then just question all the uh, potential uh, killers and see who uh, who coughs it up. Right. Uh, and similar to Sam Spade, the same thing. He brought all the, the, the players into his uh, into his office and figured out, you know, who, who the real killer was. But once you read one uh, private eye story, you, you got to read others. Right. So after uh, reading the Maltese Falcon, um, I was then turned on next to uh, Raymond Chandler, right? And then after that, Ross McDonald. Um, as I said before, the PI of the Maltese Falcon was Sam Spade. For Raymond Chandler's novels, it was uh, Philip Marlowe. And Ross McDonald's PI was um, uh, Lou Archer. And I love these hard-boiled detective stories. And I tell you, um, Humphrey Bogart, of course, did the best job ever portraying the weather-worn detective. And, uh, you, know, you know, that was probably the best uh, Sam Spade. And I don't know if they've ever done any uh, remakes of that movie, but uh, no one does it better than, than, than Bogart. As far as for playing Philip Marlowe, lots of different actors played him. Uh, you know, in fact, even uh, Humphrey Bogart played um, Philip Marlowe. But uh, and he was played by uh, also... Um, Boy, I think uh, Elliot Gould did a, did a version of it as well. But I think the best uh, Philip Marlowe was done by um, uh, Robert Mitchum. Um, check out those those uh, those movies, okay, if you can. And, of course, um, for Lou Archer, uh, Paul Newman uh, did a terrific Lou, Lou Archer, although in the movies he was he, they called him uh, Lou Harper. I, I'm not sure why, but uh, they are really, really good movies, and those are some of my favorite ever um hard-boiled uh, the detective ones. Uh, there's other movies as well, um, I want to say, but uh, for me, it's uh, the, I, I, um, I did the movies first and then realized they were books, and that's kind of how I fell into it uh, on that. Um, and my last um, graphic novel, The Return of the Tiger Man, uh, the main character is an aging superhero who works um, by, by day as a private investigator. And I told about the superhero part of his life, and maybe someday I'll get around to telling about the, his PI work. Uh, and the truth be told, when I when I was a kid, there were um, two different things I wanted wanted to do. Uh, one was either be uh, a scientist, and I wasn't sure what kind of a scientist. I just picked myself in a white lab coat and smoking a pipe, uh, because you know that's what scientists do is uh, wear white lab coats and smoke pipes. Or I wanted to be a a PI, and, and uh, although I think I was like 10 years old, I, I, I kind of picture myself with a five o'clock shadow and, uh, you know, a guy who drinks uh, too much bourbon in the daytime, although at the time I didn't know what the hell bourbon was. Um, and and, and it, the part I did like was that uh, 
his clothes were always a little more rumpled, and he had on a trench coat most of the time. Although in Southern California, nobody here wears trench coats, right? But that was the uh, uh, that that was the idea uh, that uh, I liked. Uh, I liked doing that. But getting back to uh, hung jury, um, I I um, I'd like to tell you more about the story. But you know, this is a murder mystery. You can't give away too much secrets. So um, I, I just tell you, it, it, it's a good read. And um, and and I've had uh, uh, a few people say, you know, you should have made this should have made this a book. You could have made this a lot bigger, or maybe not a book, uh, at least a novella uh, out of it um, uh, on it, because uh, the characters were, were very very compelling on that. But um, what I did do um, is that I created a um, a murder mystery uh, party game, right? And that's kind of you know, the kind of stuff where you invite a bunch of friends over and, and everyone plays the characters and stays in character till the murder mystery is solved. And, you know, you have dinner and, and, uh, uh, and everybody has a, a backstory. And, uh, and, and I thought that'd be kind of fun. You know, we, uh, I played one uh, years and years ago, um, which was uh, kind of a cool thing. But, uh, you know, it was like one of those uh, games you buy. And it was all right, but I, I thought it could be done better. So uh, this year I actually wrote uh, my own uh, story. Uh, and I give you a know, backstory to six different characters. I think I said it back in the 20s or 30s because that's a really kind of a cool time period. And, uh, and then of course, the, 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 the characters each have, like I said, they have a backstory of who they are, uh, you know, who they are in relation to the, you know, what they do in this big dinner party in the first place uh, and what, they, what their secrets are, because they, they obviously know their own secrets, what they're willing to tell other guests and things they're going to lie about, right? And so while you get the chit chat with other people around you as you try to stay in character and learn clues from other people at the end of the, at the end of the evening, um, you have to tell us, you know, uh, who the murderer was and why they committed the murder. And that was kind of a fun thing. And um, I had every plan and to, um, to do this game, but it turns out that although I have 94 subscribers, I don't really have six friends that could actually show up um, to a dinner party because then I still have to have a dinner party and, and uh, uh, you know, like my character Terry, I would eat off paper plates if I could, uh, but I had to actually make this a, uh, a real deal. So I, I uh, never got this off the ground to do. But I, I do plan to do it, and who knows? Maybe I'll uh, I'll sell the game, uh, or at least uh, you know uh, give it to a listener who's interested in, in, in doing this. Okay, we're going to talk about time travels and really bad ideas. And you're probably thinking, now, why the switch? Weren't we just talking about murder mysteries? Yeah, but I, I'm going to let you in a little secret. Um, the, the recording you just heard about uh, talking about murder mysteries and stuff, I actually, I recorded that uh, a, a week or so ago, okay? And as I, re, re, as I wrote out the script, and it's not really a script, just like a highlights of things I want to talk about, make sure I don't miss anything and in case I have to do it over again. I, I remember what I was talking about. But what, what happened was this. This is we're going to get talking about bad ideas. As I started to talk about uh, the murder mystery story that I that I wrote, you know, um, and uh, and that this uh, murder mystery uh, dinner party game that I, I created, I realized I didn't tell you guys anything about anything. And the reason I did it was because it's a murder mystery. If I told you anything about it, I'd be giving away the mystery. But in doing so, I realized I didn't have anything anything more to talk about. Okay, and so 
what, how I was going to close the, the rest of this, I had 20 more minutes to talk about. And, and then I didn't really, I realized I had nothing, nothing more I really wanted to say. And I was going to go back and talk more about the, the movies, but I didn't really want to do that. I wanted to move forward. I wanted to talk about something more pertinent. Okay. And, and what happened was this. Here's the time travel part. The part I'm recording now is actually almost two weeks after I did the last recording. Okay. Wait. And, and the reason happened is this. I thought, well, I got 20 minutes to kill. You know what? I'm going to talk about some current event or something that's going on maybe in the movies or the comic book world or sci-fi or talk about strange new worlds, you know, the new Star Trek, which is really a TV show, which is really, really good. And we're going to talk about that on another show. But I want to have these 20 minutes to rant about something. And um, what happened was this. Uh, you know, when I, I was looking through the... Uh, uh, I don't want to say newspaper, to my news feed. And what came up, popped up was the hurricane, Hurricane Hillary that was up in Southern California. And I, I'm down in uh, Escondido, uh, if anyone who didn't know that. And the storm track was right up through Escondido. And I thought, oh, this is what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about the hurricane Armageddon that's headed our way. And maybe I'll, I'll even record this show while the hurricane is going on, and from my studio window, I, I, I would be recording as I'm weeping, oh, the humanity is flying cows, and and and, uh, and cars went right by my window, and, and and then I would have this this great recording of of um, a real um, um, disaster that I'm witnessing uh, firsthand, and then maybe talk about the survival afterwards as I, you know, eat my neighbors. And not that I want to eat my neighbors. They're really super, super nice people, but, you know, uh, I got to eat. And I, granted, I still have food in the refrigerator, but sometimes, you know, you, you got to eat your neighbors. Um, and I can't eat Artie because, you know, he's, he, he's, he's, my, he's my buddy. And uh, although um, in reality, Artie would probably eat me first. Uh, you think about it. Uh, I think I read someplace like that, that that well, a dog will wait maybe seven days. Uh, you know, if you were to die in, in bed uh, and, and the dog was stuck there with you, you would wait seven days before they would uh, start eating you and they would nibble on your fingers first, stuff like that. But a cat will wait maybe 30 minutes and they'll start on your face. That's a whole other story. Um, anyway, so I waited for that. And, um, and the storm uh, came and went and um, it was a lot of to do about uh, nothing, at least where I was. Now, granted, other places in California were probably hit hard, but not where not where I was. And it, it rained uh, moderately. I couldn't say it rained hard. And it was, you know, little or no wind uh, whatsoever. And, um, and that so that idea um, became a bust. And now, so then I was stuck with, okay, what do I do now? You know, uh, this is episode 10, uh, and I want to make a big deal about episode 10 because, you know, we're just on the verge of getting 100 subscribers. I think I mentioned we have 94 subscribers or 96 subscribers, whatever it is, and that's a big deal. You know, I wanted to bring this home, and, 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 and I realized I had nothing to talk about. So the bad idea is this. Instead of just going, oh, hell, um, just scrap this idea, you know, record a new show, and let's just get on with it. 
but I, but, but, but that's JJ's thinking and Jim's thinking was, oh, dude, we, we recorded this show. We should try to finish it up. And so then I had this massive argument with myself of, no, let it go, dude. Let it go. Let's put a new show together. We'll just uh, whip that baby out. Um, Hank doesn't mind, right, Hank? Yeah, see, he doesn't mind. And then we would just uh, just scrap this idea. Maybe we'll, we'll retool it on another day. But Jim didn't like that idea. And so uh, we were in this mental battle of what to do with it. And so here we are uh, almost uh, two weeks later, or at least a week after the uh, uh, hurricane or so, a couple of days after the hurricane. And, um, and I've got uh, nothing really to talk about. So the bad idea is this. Sometimes you got to own up to the fact that you made a bad idea. And this was the bad idea. The bad idea was to talk about a murder mystery without revealing the mystery. And maybe I should have skipped this section altogether, but I did kind of want to talk about it a little bit because it was kind of a fun story to write. You know, it, you know, it's the first murder mystery one I did. And, and because of that, I was able to do that murder mystery dinner party uh, game, which I think was, was pretty good um, uh, idea. I just wish I could have, uh, um, played it, and then we could have said, oh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. But I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to give anything away. And I can't really tell you anything about it because I think you'd be giving stuff away. There's even a, there's even a room where um, the body was found where you can search for clues and other things. And I can't tell you what the other things are because that's giving part of it away. So this is me fessing up that that was a, a, that was a bad idea. Uh, at least that was Jim's bad idea. I'm going to blame Jim. It was totally... Totally stupid idea uh, to go with a murder mystery without talking about anything because now the mystery is what the hell was this was this show about? And, and he was like, I don't know, but I do all the talking around here or most of the talking. And so here I am stuck with trying to, to figure out what the hell we're going to talk about. And so we're going to talk about bad ideas. And, and, and this is the first bad idea uh, I've had. Um, I have tried uh, – I've um, – I think I'm, I talked about my bad poetry, and uh, and, and poetry is, is uh, you know, really difficult to write. But I also have a whole bunch of really bad story ideas that um, I go, oh, yeah, this just be good. And I'll start writing it, and then I got, uh, I got uh, nowhere with it. Um, I wrote a story once, uh, sort of a, maybe I'll call it a sword and sorcery story, uh, uh, years and years and years and years ago and it was so long ago that i wrote it uh out longhand and um and i finished it I, I have a start and finish of it and it actually uh it's not it's not too bad it's about um uh well longhand written out and and when i wrote i i did write it mostly in in pen because um, i didn't want it to fade or 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 or, or what the pencils sometimes could do but because of that, then, uh, you know, if you make a mistake, all you do is just scratch out and write around it. But then I also end up writing the columns, uh, the margins as well. But the sword and sorcery story, um, uh, is it, it wasn't, wasn't a, a bad idea. I just, uh, I, you know, here, here's the problem I have with it. If I decide to write something that, you know, say something akin to um, um, – uh, Lord of the Rings or even Game of Thrones, something that, that kind of harkens almost to uh, what I like to say, uh, like medieval times, more or less. Right. And uh, I can sort of put it in that era because there are 
there are people who are uh, there are knights and people with swords and there's no modern weapons and they live in castles or or you know um, or hovels outside of castles uh, that that kind of that kind of a world. The problem I have with that is how do people speak? And um, I have a book on um, uh, uh, medieval times, uh, uh, not not the restaurant, the the uh, period time period. And, and they have a, it was a great detail on it because it talked about here's what people ate, here's what people wore, here's how they went to the bathroom, here's where their weapons, here's how they lived. So it was kind of a, a good reference book on it. And I, and I realized it's a way too um, way too difficult to get the language right, right? To get this language right. And this is sort of the the um, problem I have with writing uh, time time period pieces. I can go back, I don't know, maybe uh, 40 years uh, uh, and make sure I don't write anything with, with slang in it or make sure that I got the slang right. But I, I'm not comfortable writing uh, stories about uh, uh, knights and and, uh, and that ilk because I don't know anything about that time period. I mean, I could read about it. And the language has to, at least I feel, has to ring true. So the idea I had was that I would bring um, – Two modern guys, uh, um, and put them in this uh, in this world, right? Okay, well that sort of settles part of it. At least the two people talking would be um, would be okay. But then, you know, who are they going to interact with? And I, I I had this problem. So the idea then said, okay, I'll tell you what. Well, maybe 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 I don't do that. Maybe I make my own world, my own medieval times world, and how do I go about doing that? And so here's the here's the here's the idea of the story. It went like this. Um, the 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 uh, preface would be this uh, uh, these archaeologists who who are digging I don't know wherever it is uh, someplace in Europe, and they come across this really kind of odd stone. Uh, it's a it's it's a conical shape, something similar to a uh, uh, an ice cream cone only it's a, a lot a lot bigger uh, you know but it seems to be made of made of bone or uh, but it, there's something really odd about it and so they ship it here to Southern California for further study whatever it's part of the, the university study and they chip away with it and, and it and it looks like a uh, um, well it is a, a unicorn horn right and so that's that's this so there's a there's something about this and as they study it um, and they turn some lasers on it for, for, for analysis or whatever. Something happens, and then there's this big blue flash. And I'm going to call it the, the, the blue event. And what happens is this big blue flash that kind of circles around 50-mile um, uh, radius. So out in the ocean, 50 miles, uh, we'll say it's based in, uh, in uh, um, uh, UCSD, uh, uh, University of California, San Diego. 50-mile radius. Which puts it a little north of, um, uh, almost in the Orange County, a little bit sort of in the Orange County, and out to the part of the desert, but all of all of San Diego County, more or less, and, and parts of of, um, of Mexico, you know, uh, Tijuana. Fifty miles, and and what all everyone knows is that there's this big giant blue flash of light, and everything disappears in a fifty mile radius, and the rest of the world doesn't know what happened. They they come out, they, they, 
everyone sees the flash who, who lives outside that area and when they go and investigate all they see is is a charred flattened land 50 miles out in, in, in almost a complete circle and to the rest of the world it's just known as everyone calls it the, the blue event and nobody knows what happened and you know uh they they thought it was some sort of a weird bomb or something or other and of course the the millions of people that live in that area are all all considered to be um, considered to be dead right and so um that's uh, that's all in the um in the in, in the uh, prologue right all this starts uh, as this is what happens this big big event and then um 10 years go by right 10, 10 years go by, or maybe it's 15 years go by, and, um, you know, people are starting to, it's still considered hallowed ground, uh, you know, uh, scientists have been studying the area, you know, before it was all off, off uh, it was, uh, uh, you know, guard, being guarded, uh, uh, off limits to people, you know, they tested for radiation, but there doesn't seem to be anything, um, there's nothing wrong with the land, it, it just like, it was like the giant, you know, footprint just stomped on everything and it was just gone. And the freeways were gone. They just, like, just cut out and everything was just gone. Gone, 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 gone. And so, um, uh, but, you know, after so many years, it stops becoming uh, hallowed ground. And, and uh, you know, just so, like, um, um, you know, after so many years, uh, people start to make, uh, you know, jokes or whatever about it or life starts to return back to normal. So uh, these two guys who um, uh, are just a couple of um, idiots, um, you know, uh, they go out to the uh, this hallowed ground. They, you know, there's some fencing around it, but no one really guards it much anymore because there's nothing there. And they go out in the middle of that, and um, they think they they know what's you know they're going to practice some uh, some kind of um, uh, a magical ritual, right? They, they have some Ouija board or they have some crystals, whatever they have. I, I forgot what it was. Um, but anyway, so they do some sort of magic thing and um, and there's another blue flash of light. And what happens is that they find out that um, they get transported to this world, uh, which is basically uh, a world that's, uh, that is uh, sort of a pocket universe that's 50 miles in diameter in either way and it was the remnants of this of this um, uh, of the old San Diego that just got transported more or less to some magical realm and what they found is that um, things have regressed back to uh, not quite the medieval times but, but close enough and the reason for that was um, one out of every thousand person or one out of every 10,000 person turn out to have some sort of magical wizard abilities. And um, what started first was this big carnage and war because people did have guns at the time, but magic managed to stop all guns from working. It was just sort of a giant spell that someone had cast to stop guns from working. I don't know how they did it, but you know, it's magic, so guns don't work, and rifles don't work. The only thing that works are swords and, uh, you know, bow and arrows and knives and stuff like that, but not guns. So, um, uh, 
you know, life's, the society started to deteriorate, but there are some wizards, it turned out, and some wizards were better than others. And so they, so the, so San Diego then gets carved up in the four, four areas, you know, north, south, east, and west. And these two idiots found out that, that, that um, if the wizards got together, uh, they could bring everybody back. Only they can't get the wizards. Uh, the wizards never agree with each other. They kind of carved their four kingdoms, and that's just the way it was. So now I, so then I end up with this. Uh, uh, now I do have a world where uh, people talk uh, uh, in, in English that I'm familiar with, but I can still have a sort of a medieval time type type of thing. And 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 people got rid of some of the, you know, obviously the, they they also stopped cars from working, you know, maybe a bunch of environmentalists, wizards, but whatever it was, combustion engines didn't work anymore. And, um, um, and people had to get around on, on, on horses or horseback or just walking. And, um, and they scrapped all the cars. All the cars end up being used as, um, as fortresses, right? You sort of stack the cars up and, and, and you built your own little, um, um, you know, uh, fortress around your, around your home in a way. And some part of that idea kind of sort of came from, um, um, you know, watching uh, Walking Dead where they could, you know, once you ran out of gas, you know, the, the cars didn't work. And so we'll get our cars. So they just sort of use them as, as, as uh, you know, as a place to, as a way to beef up your um, defenses. And um, and basically you were, you were under the control of, you know, of these wizards who had these uh, four different wizards who had their own kingdoms and they were kind of, carved out and if you were in the land of the north whatever it was then you were under the rule of that king and or queen i think it had a king in the north a queen in the east and west and maybe a king in the south so maybe there's kings on north and south and queens in east and west and so these these two idiots have to go uh talk to each one of these um go to each kingdom and convince them that it is everyone's best interest to to come together and uh, and take everyone back uh, back home. Only that's hard a harder sell to do because you know if you're a king and you're a wizard um, and you're in charge of anything, why in the world would you ever um, give up power for one? And second, um, if you do go back, would you have to uh, uh, answer for the crimes um, that you might have committed? As you you know uh, carved out your own uh, your own world, and so there w- there was never going to be an agreement. But they did find that there was a um, someone tells them about the uh, uh, the unicorn horn that started the whole thing, and so they get the idea if they can get that artifact um, retrigger it somehow uh, with a magic spell, they could they could they could bring everybody everybody back, and so. That's where, uh, and so this is what I, the story that I had uh, had written out um, longhand, right, uh, on it. Um, and I never got around to typing it up. It's it's uh, it's in my, uh, you know, I tell you my, my junk drawer of ideas. Um, but that that's that's what I have. Uh, only I'm not really sure what to what to do with that. And so I wrote this whole this whole story out. And it took a long time to write this. Imagine it was almost a, uh, almost a year of doing this longhand, and then. I go, ah, I don't know, because I really wanted to have this 
medieval times world, but it is, but it isn't. And uh, although I kind of like the way the story turned out, it, it wasn't really my cup of tea. So I, I didn't, I didn't do anything with it and, and sort of um, chucked it away. And that was a, that's one of those, um, you know, like I talk about a, a bad idea that, it, you know, I didn't know when to stop with it because it was, it was, um, you know, in for a penny, in for a pound. Or the old adage that says, um, uh, when you find yourself in a hole, uh, stop digging. Only, I know how to stop digging. I, I, I more or less double down and start shoveling even uh, even harder. Um, so so that, that's, uh, that, was a, uh, that was one bad idea for a, a story. And I had other ones, um, uh, you know, uh, of things that I, that I was going to do. Um, but I do want to talk about that, that, uh, uh, that I, I was trying to make this show a special show. And, and I'm still trying to find my voice uh, uh, for these episodes. You know, it started off really with just, you know, uh, talking about the stories I, I, I wrote and then how I came about doing that, which is fine. I think that's a great idea. I think, uh, you, know, I, you know, I'm starting to gather some listeners, so maybe people don't think that's such a bad idea, too. But I also noticed that when I had guests on, that the energy level in the studio was uh, so much so much higher, right? It was so much more fun for me talking with people. And I think I do a, uh, the show uh, moves better when I talk to people and we, we interact with each other because, uh, you know, there's, a, uh, there's sort of a fun repartee that goes on. And that's the kind of vibe that I want to have for the show. But I can't always have visitors because I don't really have that many friends. Uh, uh, and, and um, you know, I still have to kind of write a script that here's what we're going to talk about, more or less. And uh, you guys okay with that? Okay. So, um, but I kind of like this idea that I would maybe talk about a story, you know, or something or other for 20 minutes. And in the last 20 minutes, I would rant about something in, uh, in pop culture that I know or something on the news. Uh, and I don't want to be political. I certainly don't want to talk about politics because... Um, that's sort of isolating, and uh, it's not as much fun as it used to be. Before, you, politics were kind of fun. You know, you would, you know, you pick one side, or you know, if you're a Republican or a Democrat or independent, and uh, you would argue your side, and there would be an election, and you go, "Ha ha, you lost," or "Ha ha, we won," and uh, you know, you just sort of knew that the, it didn't really matter. It didn't seem to really matter who, who won because, you know, the country is way too big and. It's just it's just decided to go a little to the right or a little to the left, uh, but these days uh, things seem to be a little more polarized, and so these things kind of uh, do matter. And uh, I'm not really interested in uh, pissing anybody off or, uh, or 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 ranting about my my viewpoints on on um, uh, politics. Although maybe I will, if something pops up, maybe I will. But but I, but there's so many other things to talk about in life that um, you know I kind of like this podcast interesting. Um, and if I knew a good murder, I would tell you about one. Um, but there are lots of podcasts that talk about um, uh, murders and and stuff like that. And I want to do something a little bit a uh, little bit different, maybe something a little a little uh, geekier uh, than that. Um, so that's kind of where uh, what I'm looking for the voice for the show. On that, and like I said, I'm still trying to find uh, my way around here. I appreciate the hundred or so, or just minus uh, short of a hundred or so subscribers who've come on board to listen to me rant about something or other. Uh, and I do appreciate, I, I do appreciate you guys listening in. And uh, uh, I don't get a lot of uh, responses. I get some, uh, some, some tips. You know, like one person says, "Hey, I, I can't hear the, I can't hear you. Turn, turn the volume up." That was a good one. 
Uh, and of course, somebody else, you know, said like, you know what you need is some music. And so that kind of helped. And so I had the intro and outro music um, on that. So that was, that was good. And then, you know, having an idea of having, uh, having guests on was a great idea too. Um, but we're going to find our voice and we're going to find things to talk about. And, and so we're going to finish this show right now. And then I'm going to start recording episode 11, 10 minutes after this one. So I can get episode 11 out um, uh, this week as well, because I waited too long for episode 10, because I couldn't make up my mind about going left or right. And so instead of just picking one, I just, I, I, I decided to sit and do neither, um, which is, again, another bad idea, right? Sometimes it doesn't matter which way you go. Uh, and sometimes in life, there are no there are no bad decisions or, you know, your, your life is your life. If you go left, you go left. If you make the right, you make the right. And if it was wrong, then, then maybe you have time to turn around and go back and do it again. Or maybe you were meant to be on that path. And maybe it's not the path you had selected for yourself or the one you had selected for anybody else. But that is your path. And so um, uh, I'm trying to find a nice, authentic voice for this for this episode or for this um, for this podcast. So you go, he's just, he's just you know... Um, Whatever this guy talks about, at least he's, he's talking, he's talking his truth about it. And if I made a mistake about something, I'm going to own up to it, which is why I didn't want to ditch this show. I didn't want to cover up the show by saying, "Oh crap, that was a stupid decision." You know, why are you talking about murder mystery? You can't talk about anything. But I'm going to own up to the, to, to this decision and um, and move forward on it. And then maybe I'll make better decisions uh, in, in the future. Hopefully, I will. And if not, well, you know, that's just that's the way it is. Um, but, uh, let's see, uh, I am still working on some short stories. I, I have, uh, uh, I, I have, uh, three of them done, as I mentioned, the fourth one has kind of eluded me. And that's kind of the other problem of, uh, of being as one man operation. Uh, no offense, uh, no offense, Hank, um, that, uh, you know, I had to do the podcast and I have to come up with a short story idea. And have to write them um, uh, and write them up, um, uh, you, you know, uh, and all that takes time. And it's one guy doing it. So um, uh, this is this is kind of what happens. Anyway, um, I want to thank everyone who's 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 been with me for for 10, 10 episodes. You know, you guys are the best uh, on it. Um, and 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 feel free to contact me and let me know what I can do. Uh, and hopefully, it's not you know. Uh, you know, uh, speaking in a French accent because I don't, I don't do accents really well. I don't always do impressions either. Um, but I can do a disappearing dime trick. Hang on. Huh? Did you see that? That was good, right? Um, and then someone – so I did get an idea of maybe um, putting doing a, a video of this of me recording the show and putting it on, on YouTube um, uh, as well, uh, although I'm not sure if people would want to watch, uh, watch me uh, – talking to a microphone uh, and maybe you do but if i did then then i have to actually uh, put pants on um uh because uh you guys probably know this but i do this show completely naked uh because i can and um, actually no I, I don't do that i just wanted to say that um but uh you know there's one thing about uh, about being on uh, uh, uh recording it is that just like the, the, you know the, my time stop uh am i is that i can stop it and then come back at 20 minutes later and go, oh, yeah. Or, or in this case, almost two weeks later and go, oh, yeah, here we go. And um, uh, and, and this still comes out seamless. 
but uh, if I did a video, then I have to make sure it's, uh, you know, uh, do it in one shot. And I'll tell you, the other shows are pretty much all done in, in, in one shot. Uh, it, it, the um, There's a couple of them. Uh, um, the one I did with uh, Remy Marie were pretty funny because I did had edit some stuff out um, just because it was uh, it was probably um, um, totally inappropriate. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, it, it was, it was pretty funny, um, on that, uh, maybe someday we'll have a, a blooper show and, uh, you know, I do save all these, uh, the, the edited parts out because it is, it is pretty funny sometimes the things that we uh, say, but for the most part, it's, uh, it's one shot, um, start to finish. Uh, I do small editing. I mostly edit out the, uh, long pauses, uh, except for that one. Uh, because uh, it just makes it, it sometimes it just makes the uh, show flow a little little better. Uh, but that's about all the editing I, I really do. Um, on that. Okay, well that's it for the show. Uh, I'm sorry this one took a long time to get out, but I try to make this one. I want to make this one special. In doing so, I made it infamously uh, unspecial. But I'll tell you that the episode 11 will be coming out um, sooner than later, and we're gonna have a really. <laughs> I have no idea what this show is gonna be about, but it's gonna be a hoot. Okay, my friends, thank you very much. And uh, I'm sorry you, we missed the hurricane, I guess. And I'm, but I'm not sorry I didn't eat my neighbors. They're really super nice people, okay? All right, guys, have a good one. Talk to you later. See you next week or whatever.